Dominus Vobiscum, Lexio Sancti Evangelii secondo Matteo. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Verbum Dahamini. Please take a moment to make sure your cell phone is turned off. Apaganos teléfonos celulares, por favor. You've heard me mention it before. If someone arrived now or later in the Holy Mass and stayed even till the final blessing, they would not fulfill their obligation to attend Holy Mass on Sunday. Well, why is that? Well, the Gospel. We just heard the Gospel. The Gospel is an essential part of the Holy Mass. It cannot be skipped. But after this Mass, there are still three other Masses. They could attend one of those. Open your bulletin, please, to page... And you see, um, yesterday was Halloween. Today is the Feast of All Hallows, All Saints Day. So All Hallows Eve, if you just kind of run it together, it's Halloween, I guess. I guess if you eat enough candy, um, it's the same thing, huh? The, um, so tomorrow is the Feast of All Souls, All Souls Day. You can see at the top and the bottom of the bulletin, the month of November is dedicated to prayers for the faithful departed. There's an old saw, um, pray for the dead and the dead will pray for you. Um, yeah, if you pray for someone and they're not yet in heaven and your prayers help them get to heaven, when they get to heaven, they are praising God, worshiping Him for all eternity, and they uh, are praying for those who help get them to heaven. Um, so, um, in um, on the whole month of November, we pray for the dearly departed. The um, page uh, five, November third is the feast of Saint Martin de Porres. You know, there's South, Central, and North America. The first saint canonized from the Americas, Saint Martin de Porres. No big deal, huh? A big deal, big big deal. First one. 
So um, this feast day is November 3rd. November 4th, uh, the feast of St. Charles Borromeo. St. Charles Borromeo was uh, an archbishop. I really like him. The, uh, he was a great reformer of the church. Uh, he, wanted to always, he always wanted to improve, uh, beginning with himself and then moving on to his diocese. He hired two priests, and all they did was to go with him everywhere he went. And whenever he did something wrong, um, they would point out to him that he did something wrong. Now, you don't have to worry about this. All of you, you have children. Or brothers and sisters, they'll tell you what you're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah. Then you see there, first Friday, first Saturday, we have. So look over on page 7, and there are the 12 promises of the uh, uh, Sacred Heart of Jesus for the nine first Fridays and the five first Saturdays. Then you go to page 8. Friends, at the top of page 8, today is the only day, the only time in the whole year where the federal government gives us back exactly what they took from us. They don't give us back half or three quarters. They took an hour from us and they gave it back today. You don't realize how we should treasure this. This should be first in a series. They should do it more often. Remember in the 1980s, how they, no, it was the 1990s, they were talking about putting Social Security in a lockbox. Ha ha. Yeah, how's that lockbox? The, um, they sawed through the bottom of that thing a long time ago. Um, uh, page 8. Is it easier to go to Tyler? Is it easier to go to Dallas? Or is it easier to go to Italy um, in Europe? Well, what they're, the way they're messing with I-30, it might be easier to go to Tyler or to Europe before you go to uh, North Dallas. They've just, anyway... The relics, the major relics of St. Marie Goretti are going to be in Tyler tomorrow and in North Dallas on Tuesday. So I encourage you to consider going. They're generous in the times that they're making it available. The, um, um, so um, the uh, St. Marie Goretti was, was martyred. She's a saint. She's a virgin. She's a martyr. She was martyred in 1902. And her um, family was very poor, so her body was buried. And they didn't embalm her. That would have cost money. They had no money. So they buried her. Years later, they exhumed the body. They dug up the body. And they found her body to be incorrupt. Um, how is that possible? Well, her incorrupt body, and there are so many other saints around the world that are incorrupt, um, it shows us the power coming from his sacred heart, his death and resurrection. The incorrupt body of St. Maria Goretti and, and so many others tells us about the power of the resurrection of Christ. It's not just talk. So uh, you see the uh, incorrupt body. Now, as you go out of church and you go this way, you see uh, a sign there, and you can actually see the major relics. It uh, looks like a, a coffee table glassed in, and there is her body. It's not a special container, you know, with air conditioning or cooling. No. Uh, just glass. And it's been like that over a hundred years. It's amazing, isn't it? So, um, more about her in a minute. Look on the bottom of page 8. Witness to mystery. Investigation into Christ relics. That would be the, uh, the Shraddha Turin, the Holy Face, etc. Uh, yesterday, 498 years ago, Father Martin Luther in Germany, 
he, uh, he nailed 95 complaints that he had against the Catholic Church. Um, and then he promptly left the Catholic Church. Now friends, it was very common for those at the University of Wittenberg to nail their complaints to the door of the cathedral and then have a public discussion about those problems or difficulties. Um, but what happened to Father Martin Luther, what was specifically different, was he decided to just go ahead and leave the church and start his own. Um, it's like this. Um, the church is a family. Uh, every family has problems. The Holy Family is perfect. My family is perfect. But all of you, your families have problems. So, um, so Father Martin Luther left the church, what, to start a perfect church? Didn't work out that way, did it? No, it didn't. And 95, why did he stop at 95? I can double that number and uh, do that in no time. Uh, am I going to leave the Catholic Church because there are problems? What? And join a church that doesn't have problems? Um, there ain't no such thing. There ain't no such thing. So uh, 498 years ago he did it. Because the next day, November 1st, in Wittenberg Cathedral, there was going to be this big, big, the biggest display of relics up until that point in history ever. So in honor of Father Martin Luther, I wish to announce the major relics of St. Maria Goretti are here in our area. The, uh, anyway, the, uh, there were things that he got right and there were things he got wrong. Uh, again, he wasn't perfect as I am. So, um, page 10. The, um, these are some of the books that you... Oh, I, I go, go back to page 8. Down at the bottom, I mentioned number 1. Friends, number 2. I have... These two authors, I can't pronounce their names. These two authors wrote another book, Trust, in the footsteps of St. Faustina. Um, so... The, the first book has great pictures and great text. You know how hard it is to find a book that has both? Usually you find one and not the other. This one has both. So I'm, I'm already buying the second one based on having read the first one. And it would be a great book to get because we're about to start a year of divine mercy. Do you, do you see right in front of me that image? That's the divine mercy. St. John Paul II promoted the... Uh, St. Faustina, and the revelation of Jesus as divine mercy. It's divine mercy. Pope Francis is about to start a holy year, just weeks away. It's called the year of mercy. I respectfully disagree with Pope Francis. It is not the year of mercy. It is the year of divine mercy. You know, this business about shortening everything, you know, application on your cell phone has become app. Why? Because application is too long. Pretty soon we're just going to call them eh. Because app is too long, right? Well, I guess divine mercy got too long. So we're just going to call it mercy. Why don't we just shorten it to mer? Right? No. That's ridiculous. It's divine mercy. Um, uh, I'm not celebrating for a whole year your mercy or my mercy, we're celebrating God's mercy, divine mercy. 
I can't tell you how surprised I was when I heard it first announced. We're going to have a year of mercy. Well, why don't we do that after we have a year of divine mercy? That's what the Holy Father means. And I bet it's not his fault. I bet it's people who handle him. I'll just drop that here. I'll just cut that out. How about we keep that and cut you out? Yeah, get somebody else in there to help Pope Francis. As you can see, I have an opinion on it. <laughs> Page 10. Um, these are books that uh, I mentioned last week when I had St. Therese and St. Jude on the cover of the bulletin. So here you are. The, they're excellent books. Um, page 11, The All Souls Novena. The, um, the whole month of November, we pray for the faithful departed. Ten out of ten people die. I, I know it's true. I saw it in a movie. It was Bella. And then page 14, in honor. Look on page 14. In honor of Father Martin Luther. <laughs> Here's page 14. And on the back side, it's continued. Um, one of the 95 complaints that he has was about selling indulgences. So I just want to let you know that after Mass, outside, we will be selling indulgences. Oh, wait a minute. We don't do that anymore. Did they do it for a while? Yeah, it was a rotten idea. Well, we've got to build St. Peter's in Rome. How about doing it the old-fashioned way? Anyway, the, uh, he was right. The, sell, the buying and selling of indulgences. But can you get rid of indulgences? Yes. As soon as you get rid of him, you can get rid of indulgences. How's that working for you? I don't know. Some people in this country have almost done it. Gotten rid of him. Now, indulgences is based... Well, John Paul, St. John Paul II traced indulgences... And he said, I'm going I'm to track this all the way back to its source. You know, he went through him all the way to the heart of his father in heaven. So I guess after you get rid of him, you're going to have to get rid of him. Uh, while you're doing that, we're going to be um, concentrating on indulgences. Anyone who's alive can attempt to gain a, a, an, indul an indulgence. If you took a hammer and a nail and you put a nail right here, then you turn the hammer around and you pulled out the nail. Um, that's like confession, uh, taking away sins, God taking away our sins in confession. But there's still a hole. Just put a picture over it. No, just kidding. That's what men do. <laughs> anyway, how are you going to need to fill in that hole? That's, that's what temporal punishment due to sins already confessed. Yeah, you, you, do, you do something, you go to confession, you're forgiven, but there's actually... You, ha you actually have to serve your sentence. Temporal punishment, if you will. Do some kind of penance now or when you die. A plenary indulgence uh, is, for, uh, all temporal, is, is for all punish all temporal punishment due to sins already confessed. So there's no buying and selling. You can look on this page and on the back page. Uh, I, can offer it, I can attempt to offer it for me or for someone who's died. I cannot attempt to offer it for you because you're alive. And your leg is not broken. You can do it for yourself or not. But look at, you can see from November 1st to November 8th, this special indulgence is being extended so we can attempt it. Oh, well, they're already in heaven. Yeah, what if they're not? Anyone who's in purgatory is guaranteed on getting there. I'll probably be the last one out of purgatory, as I mentioned last Sunday. So um, it's a great thing. Read up on it. Um, uh, read up on it. And then this letter uh, that you see, this one single loose, leaf pa uh, loose page, that should have been behind the cover of the bulletin. 
Uh, I just left it out. Sorry about that. It's a letter that uh, the man who um, killed St. Maria Goretti, he wrote just before he turned 80. Alessandro Serranelli. You can see that at the bottom. This is an English translation, of course. Okay, take a look at that. Sec oh, I forgot to mention. Remember last week I said if the United Nations did not answer, did not meet my ransom demands, I was going to keep making it rain. And boy, did it rain last week. And I still have not gotten a phone call from the United Nations. And it will continue to rain until I get my million dollars. You know, the United Nations wastes all kinds of our tax money on ridiculous things and on bad things, too. There are so many people in the United Nations who hate um, uh, this country and hate the state of Israel. You know, they say death to America, death to Israel. Um, that's... I'm, I, I am not against the state of Israel. Are they perfect? No. Only I am perfect in my family. They, um, but the United Nations, if they do not meet my ransom money of a million dollars, I'm going to use it for the ceiling and the floor and the parking lot and the, the education building. But if my ransom demands are not met, I will continue to make it rain. So they better pay, pay me. There you go. The, um, I won't hold my breath. Okay, look at that second reading, the last line of the second reading. What's he talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> okay, the last line, St. John the Apostle says, The man who has this host, hope based on Christ makes himself pure as Christ is pure. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit. Do you notice the word is pure? It's not clean. You go over to the gospel, and it's the first time in my life ever to read, Blessed are the clean of heart. No, you clean the toilet, you clean your plate, you clean the pool. We don't talk about a clean heart. It's a pure heart. And so I don't like this translation, because we don't, we don't think of hearts as being clean. We think of a pure heart. That's what uh, the second reading says there about a pure heart. The, um, the, um, the saint I've mentioned earlier, Saint Maria Goretti, she had a pure heart. And she's so different from the saint I mentioned last Sunday and the Sundays before, Saint Therese. I love Saint Therese of Lisieux. This is a picture of Saint Therese from last Sunday's Gospel. And remember on um, October the 18th, we had the uh, canonization of her parents, St. Zelly and St. Louis Martin, her parents. And she's the youngest of nine children. This is kind of like uh, Ozzie and Harriet from France, right? Um, their, their child, St. Therese, is a doctor of the church. But you look on the cover of this bulletin, you see this old woman? Her daughter, her oldest child, Maria, was killed by the man sitting next to her. The, um, um, and um, Maria lost her father. Maria was killed in 1902 on July. She died on July 6th. She was wounded on July 5th. Um, but just months before that, her father had died. They were, they were very poor. Very different from this family in France. This family in Italy was very poor. And unlike this family, um, 
The Garettis had no ability to give their kids an education. Maria had zero public school education. Zero. Um, they, uh, they lived on a farm. Oh, that sounds good. No, not really. You see, they didn't live in a house. They lived in a, in a, in a barn on the second floor. You might could manage it as long as the windows were open and the animals were out walking around. But how about when you had to close that barn because it was cold and the animals are downstairs doing what animals do. Um, and in the morning you get up. Oh, oh. So Maria and her family had to live on the second floor. What's worse than living on the second floor of a barn like that? Having to share it with another family to whom you're not related. There was this man, uh, Mr. Serenelli, and his 19-year-old son, Alessandro. And they lived on the other side, on the second floor. Evidently, Mr. Serenelli lost his wife when she was very young. Remember, she died when, when St. Therese was only three. And, and it's interesting, Mr. Serenelli didn't have any other children. I bet Mrs. Serenelli died when Alessandro was very young. I need to look into it. Um, because uh, St. Therese told us all about hers, but we don't know when Alessandro's mother died, but we know she died. And Mr. Serenelli, um, he had this job on the farm. You see, he would get up every morning and then he would take a nap, followed by uh, a, a lunch and then a siesta. And then when he woke up from that, he would take another siesta. I'm kind of kidding about it. But, you know, think about it. Maybe Mr. Serenelli, um, when he ate, um, his body had a reaction to it. Maybe it's something like diabetes or something like that. Maybe he was depressed. You know, he lost his wife. He loved his wife. I don't know. Maybe he's thinking, how am I going to raise my son all by myself? And it appears that Mr. Serenelli kind of just gave up. A lot of people do. So now I think about Mr. Serenelli and his son, Alessandro. Um, I'm kind of a little more merciful. Anyway, Alessandro and his father lived on the other side of the, the, the barn. Alessandro had a very unique way of decorating his room. From the ceiling to the floor on all four walls, he had, um, he had put papers up there. He put photographs up there. He put pornography on his wall. Um, it was literally covered from, from ceiling to floor all the way around. And his dad let him. Now, that was 1902, so the pornography was probably not all of that, not as strong as what children or teenagers or adults can see on TV or on a telephone or on a computer or on a billboard on the highway. Or how about this one? In Brookshire's or Walmart going into the checkout. Yeah. You know what? If every Christian in Greenville got together and complained at Brookshire's and Walmart, yeah. But anyway, back in 1902, young men used to be tempted against purity. doesn't happen anymore. Um, there you go. So uh, he had his walls papered with pornography. And um, Mr. Garetti died. After they got the crops in, they got the crops planted, Mr. Garetti died. And all of their money was invested in getting those crops harvested. So Mrs. Garetti had to bring in the crops, harvest them, and she was getting the other kids to help her. 
and, and they had a little baby just before Mr. Garetti died. So Maria, Maria takes care of the cooking and the cleaning. There's no indoor plumbing, okay? There's no refrigeration or microwave, so she has to do all of this. And um, she has to do it. She's also taking care of the baby so that um, mom can bring in the crops. Now, when Mr. Garetti died, I bet that's when Alessandro started to bother Maria. Maria was 12. Alessandro was 19. And every time uh, Alessandro would hit on Maria, that's the word, right? Every time he would hit on Maria, Maria, who was only 12, she said the same thing. She said, no, Alessandro, it is a mortal sin. You will go to hell. You know, I was thinking about that because over the last uh, 10 months, um, there have been different people who've come forward. You've read about them in the news, different people here and there. But I remember one case in particular. One individual um, announced uh, this or that, and it's obviously a mortal sin. And his mother uh, comes out saying, I'm so proud of my son. You know, a lot of that's going around. Mothers and fathers hear that their children are involved with something that will will take them straight to hell. And mom and dad say, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of her. I mentioned this last Sunday in, in the homily. Well, St. Maria, she was, she was a smart cookie. Um, when Alessandro was hitting on her, she told him no and why. Um, think about it. She only had her father, her mother, and her brothers and sisters. And Alessandro, seven years older, a handsome man, she probably, if, if Alessandro had waited a few years and said to Maria one day, Maria, you think you would get married to me? That fast. It's not working today. Uh, that fast. She'd say yes. But no, he didn't do that. He kept hitting on her. Why? Because dad was no longer around. I think that's why. So Alessandro waited. And outside of the barn one day, Mrs. Uh, July 5th, 1902, Mrs. Serenelli is on the tractor and she's uh, trying not to run over any of the other kids and trying to bring in the, uh, the crops. And she's keeping one eye on the barn. On the side of the barn, there was a staircase. At the bottom of the staircase is Mr. Serenelli. Guess what he's doing? He's taking a nap. Wait a minute. Some of you are taking a nap, right? Anyway, Mr. Serenelli was taking a nap. And uh, at the top of the stairs was Maria. And right next to Maria was the baby. And Maria was repairing clothes. Back in 1902, people used to repair clothes rather than just throwing them away. But anyway, so she's repairing clothes. And then right inside the door is the kitchen. So she's cooking. She's doing all of these things. And Alessandro comes from the inside without Mrs. Mrs. Goretti able to see. And he calls her, Maria, get in here. And, and she, she gives him the response. No, Alessandro, it is a mortal sin. You will go to hell. So what does he do? He comes out on the landing and he drags her into the kitchen. And she says it again. He is so mad. And so many other things, right? And so what is he reaches for the closest thing. He finds a knife and he stabs her 14 times. Throws a knife down and runs off. Maria, Maria is terribly wounded. By this time, Mrs. Garetti on the tractor is looking again at the top of the stairs. There's the baby and no Maria. And she knew that Maria would never leave the baby like that. She flew off of that tractor 
and over to the stairs just as Maria is crawling out of the kitchen onto the landing. They get their best ambulance with their best horses carrying it, right? And uh, they make to the hospital. Don't you know that was a great hospital? Nowhere Italy, right? And they get her there and they send for the priest. Maria has told them, Alessandro did this. I want you to listen to the question that the priest asked Maria. He said, Maria, of course, Maria is going to have to have an operation. They won't give her any water. It might kill you. Oh, great. Before I die, you're going to torture me. Not, no water, right? Anyway, um, so the priest comes in and he says, Maria, do you forgive Alessandro from your heart? Now, let's just pretend that was your daughter. Same circumstances. And I show up and I ask her that question. Here's what most of you would say. Get out of here. Get out of here. And you see that thing you're sitting on right there, how red it is? Your face would be that red. Get out of here. I'm calling girls. You're going to report you. How could you? How dare you? And I can understand why you would, you would say something like that. The priest asked the right question. Because what if Maria said, No, Father, I didn't forgive him, and I hope he rots in hell. Well, guess what? Alessandro's going to hell, and Maria's going to be right there next to him. Isn't that great? Isn't that where you want her? Jesus said, if you forgive the sins of others, your heavenly Father will forgive you yours. So what did, what did St. Maria answer? She said, yes, Father. Um, out of love for Jesus, I have forgiven him, Alessandro, and I want him to be with me in heaven for all eternity. You know, the same thing I would say, or the same thing you would say. Right. Right. So, uh, the next day, uh, Maria died. They caught Alessandro. I mean, where can you go in nowhere, right? Um, they caught him, and he wouldn't talk. He wouldn't talk. So they, uh, they said, do you want to see a priest? No, he didn't care. So he sat in court, and they threw the book at him. They gave him 30 years. Because he was 19, they went easier on him. He gets, he gets to the prison. They, you want to see a priest? No, he wouldn't cooperate. Nothing. Worst prisoner in the place. And then one night, he has a dream. And Maria appears to him. And in her arm, um, she has 14 uh, lilies. 14 white lilies. Lily is a symbol of purity. And she takes them one by one, and she hands them. Um, she gives them to Alessandro. The next morning, I want to see a priest. <laughs> If I was that priest, I'd be so tempted to say, well, I'm, I'm golfing today. Maybe I can see you next week. How about that? The, uh, <laughs> he wanted to see a priest. He wanted to go to confession. And from that point on, he was a great prisoner. He finished out his 30 years in prison. And he went to, the, to a Franciscan monastery in Italy. He knocked on the door. And a lady came and answered the door. It was Mrs. Garetti. He knelt down and he said, Please forgive me for what I did to, for, for having killed your daughter, your, your oldest child. Mrs. Garetti said, uh, Maria has forgiven you. How can I not forgive you? And she pulled out a gun and shot him three times. Oh, 
But it's okay, because she first forgave him, then she shot him. Now, I'm just saying that because isn't that the way I would like to see it end, and you would like to see it end, right? you got to watch those uh, Italian women over there, right? They probably have concealed... No, they probably don't. The, um, but Mrs. Goretti... Mrs. Goretti... Um, would even speak to the man who killed her oldest daughter, the light of her life. Um, when uh, After World War II, when St. Maria Goretti was canonized in Rome, she was there, her other kids, now they're all grown up, and he was there, right next to her. Friends, look how different this is from this. But, but who taught St. Therese? about love and divine mercy. Her parents. And who taught St. Maria Goretti her faith um, and about purity? She didn't go to school. Um, her parents, her mom and dad. Now, think about it. Your children and your grandchildren are facing the most impure material ever to confront any civilization in the world. Um, and it's such, such easy access. Children, teenagers, adults um, can find it. In fact, even if they don't want to find it, they're standing in line at the grocery store or at Walmart, and there it is. Or in, on a tablet or a telephone. Uh, friends, um, if Mrs. Goretti and her husband, so poor, poor as poor can be, if they can teach their children the way to heaven, to be a saint. Um, we're not going to get a pass. Um, in my lifetime, I've struggled with being unforgiving. People have hurt me or people I love, people in my family, my parishioners. I've struggled with purity. Um, who hasn't? You'd have, to be, you'd have to be inert, not to be tempted by TV or something else. And here we've got, we've got St. Maria Goretti, don't forget, she had a mom and a dad. And her mom and her mom and dad, can you imagine just sitting next to him? It's like, look, I forgave you, but I sure don't have to sit next to you. Now that sounds, that sounds a lot like how we see divine mercy. There's only one problem. That's not how he sees divine mercy. I'm not saying you go and look for the man or look for the woman who hurt you and then sit right next to him. Don't be a dummy. This is, this is over, this is decades later. But think of how divine mercy, probably losing his mother at a very early age, he didn't handle it as well as she did. And you connect the dots. Uh, divine mercy is extended to everyone. Divine mercy is extended to everyone um, at, at all times until we breathe our last breath. The moment divine mercy does not apply, the moment after we draw our last breath. Yeah, everything is set in cement. So, parents, think about this. Pray to St. Maria. Pray for your sons and daughters, your grandsons and granddaughters. For them, for them to, to be pure of heart. As St. John says at the last line of that second reading, the man who has this hope based on Christ makes himself pure as Jesus is pure. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit.